there's a lot that you do that is not you know necessarily understood. And to your point about a dealer should understand what the goal is you have in mind. If you had to boil it down to that sort of one statement, what would you say? All we want is we want to help that dealer become a solid business uh, person. I think partnership, a good business partner is what you should be thinking of your independent rep every time that you uh, see him come by. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. Let's talk about the role of a rep firm. Um, in the world of custom integration and uh, the CI channel, uh, rep firms have been around for years and uh, seen their role in the industry evolve over time. And um, to do so, you know, to dive into the the role of the rep, we wanted to make sure we had a, a very sound and, and uh, well-educated source. So we turned to Joaquin Rivera, who's co-founder of By Design Vision and Sound Marketing, a firm with about 10 years under its belt uh, in the Southern California region uh, of the country and um, representing a you know, a very deep line card of some pretty uh, well-established brands out there, you know, in that market and a guy who has, you know, a longer history as well within the CI space and uh, started his his tenure, his career in uh, Stewart Film Screens and just a you know a, a well-rounded background, of having worked with and for uh, and running you know rep firms out there. So um, he's seen it all. You know he's seen the role of the rep evolve over time, and um, you know from what it was years ago, just out there you know getting many and getting their business partners or or dealers, the integrators, uh, educated and qualified to you know what they're doing today, and um, you know having a a, a stronger role, a, a more important role in the world of education. So. Uh, diving into it all with Joaquin, uh, talking about you know some misconceptions in the space and um, some of the challenges they face today as a, a rep firm, uh, getting in the doors with dealers and you know having them understand that they are the the good guy. They're they're kind of they're there on your behalf. Uh, yes, they work with a bunch of manufacturer partners, but uh, and they're trying to sell, but they win when you win, uh, essentially. So um, diving into all that with Joaquin and. Starting some really important conversations, you know, ones that I know he's been looking forward to having um, and and wanting to have, you know, within the industry. So wanted to provide that platform for him to you know, maybe kick them off. So this is Joaquin Rivera of By Design Vision and Sound Marketing here on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast and jumping into, I, I think, a first of its kind uh, appearance on our podcast. We get to talk to a rep firm, uh, which, you know, hang with us, <laughs> right? Right, Joaquin, hang with us. That's, uh, you know, we, people hear that word, you know, it's it's it means something to some people. So, <laughs> so we want to make sure, you know, we are doing uh, our, our best here today uh, to show off the awesome things, that, a world that you know, very fun to dive into, um, and who better to do it with than Joaquin Rivera of By Design uh, Vision and Sound uh, Marketing, right? That is correct. That is correct. All right, co-founder of that business. Um, about, are you coming up on a decade yet? Twenty what? Fifteen, sixteen? Twenty fourteen. Fourteen. So, I was close. I was in the ballpark. Yeah, so, so about six more months. Okay, you're getting there. See that? That's awesome. Well, appreciate you taking the time and. Coming on the podcast, nice to catch up with old friends in this industry too, man. It's that's always a good time for me. You know, that's that's what this industry, I think, it's all about. Um, 
you know, in most cases, and I think it's critical for a lot of people to understand that it's not really about the product. I mean, the product has to do its job, but it really it comes down to the people. Uh, no one in this industry really goes anywhere else. They may go away for a few months and try something different. And then they realize that, hey, you know what? I miss it. Yeah. Come back. <laughs> That's, I noticed yeah. that so often about this space is that, you know, you think of the brands and the names that are out there and there's some big ones, but at the end of the day, it feels like it's the same hundred people, <laughs> like all all talking to one another. You know, it's just uh, where are you now, and what are you doing, and who's it for? And uh, it's always fun to to have those conversations and catch up with people. But appreciate getting to do it with you today on in a podcast setting. But um, you know, for those that don't know, uh, introduce yourself, talk about your pack, your background, and and path to uh, you know co founding by design for us. So. Um... I think uh, I've had a blast in this uh, industry. Um, not I think, I know for a fact. I started uh, a while back, back in uh, the 90s with uh, Stewart Film Screen. And um, of course, we were able to um, flourish uh, Stewart Film Screen, I believe, that we did a, a great job with the, with the team uh, of uh, not necessarily building the brand because the brand uh, was uh, a very well-known brand in other markets, uh, such as the film industry, uh, government uh, simulation, because of what it did. Um, so I was a VP of sales there, and it was a great learning experience. I was young. I was uh, having fun <clears throat> traveling throughout the world and hiring the distributors, reps, um, you know, the distribution for all vertical markets for that Stuart Film Screen dealt with. Uh, and as I said, so a big factor of that or compensating for me was the fact that I was able to create some really strong relationships with uh, people throughout the world. That, to me, always means more than money. Um, so I had a blast doing that. The downfall of that is that um, I was out on the uh, on the road over 80% of the time. I would say close to 90 because, of course, we had offices uh, in other countries, Middle East, uh, uh, excuse me, Singapore, Denmark. Um, and then we had uh, distributors. It, Stuart has so many vertical markets yeah. uh, that we had uh, a lot of uh, distributors throughout every country. And if you think about it, just the one uh, channel, which is the Cydia channel, is extremely taxing, uh, meaning that there is uh, there is a lot of opportunities. And so dealing with that, Infocom, um, all the variable markets, it was just at a certain point, it became too much. Uh, and I was just tired of traveling. I think that that's one of the reasons why I started contemplating and becoming a rep. Um, but but yeah, uh, been in this business since the, the 90s, uh, late 90s, and uh, built, lucky enough that I built a lot of Good relationships and a lot of people that could actually give me guidance um you know some of us as you know we have we all have strengths and weaknesses and uh, being able to have friends that you can call on uh to um i guess help out with your weaknesses became a big deal for me so you know it's it's a um, loved industry i think yeah for sure well it's funny you mentioned that i feel like we talked not long ago about all that travel <laughs> and kind of what it's what it's done and i feel like we're almost back you know it feels like back to that right we we had the the conversation it was around you know uh the pandemic and everything that that had done to travel and 
Um, it feels like pre that everyone was kind of getting, I feel like everyone had your feeling, right? Like there's a lot of events, a lot of travel and a little fatigue. And then we all missed it. <laughs> and then it got back <laughs> to it. Right. And then, uh, you know, it, it was great to come out of it and start seeing people again. And then, but now it's like, there's a lot of interest in having events and things like that and getting people to go and for brands and everyone in between, right. It, it can be a little taxing for, uh, you know, all the, the requests of getting you to go to different things and, and whatnot. Yes. Um, as a manufacturer, of course, you not only uh, need to go and, and hire and uh, interview new distributors, new reps, but also you have to make the buying group events. Yeah. And there is, uh, you know, a couple of those, uh, a couple of year per per uh, buying group. Uh, there is the, the all the trade shows, uh, whether it's simulation, uh, Infocom, yeah. Cedia, there is, we used to have a lot more training in this channel. And so that would include the Cedia regionals, that would include um, other opportunities that other uh, partners such as, you know, like for the screening, uh, projection screen would be projector manufacturer would be put in events, or back in the days, um, there was a, a dealer in Seattle that used to do the definitive home theater event, which was, it's a must. Uh, so there were a lot more things to do back, you know, um, back when I started. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was fun, but at the same time, as I said, it was uh, taxing to your personal life and the body. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, but, so, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about that decision to go, you know, out on your own and what that was like. Um, you know, in the into the rep world and uh, kind of do what you're doing and and you know start by design. I was not tired of the what I was doing because I love what I did, but I said I was uh, tired of all the um, the traveling. So, at, uh, interesting enough, um, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next, and at that point, I landed in. I remember vividly. I landed in Florida to go and work with one of our reps in that area, the uh, residential rep. And one of my residential reps in Southern California uh, calls me up uh, and he had been my rep forever. And that is uh, at that point was MK marketing. So my cabinet calls me up and says, Hey, uh, I need to give you my 30 day notice. And of course that kind of was shocking because he, he was most of the times the rep of the year. And so I asked him, so what what did we do wrong? And he's like, oh, no, it's uh, I'm actually becoming savant. Um, so at that point, he was closing his doors and I started interviewing reps for the territory. And overnight, uh, something just hit me. It's like, why don't you do it? Um, you get stay in the industry. Um, your uh, travel is going to be cut back by, you know, 90 percent. Um you get to deal with, you know, manufacturers that um, that you enjoy dealing with. Um, so uh, that was on a Friday night, uh, about probably 11 o'clock. I started uh, uh, creating my business plan. Uh, on Saturday, I had a meeting with uh, Benito and I asked him, hey, I'm doing this. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pay you. So because of that, I'm willing to give you, you know, part of it. Um, if you come with, and he agreed to that. On Monday, I gave Stuart Filmscreen my two weeks notice, but I did ask if I could interview for the line for the territory. 
And uh, <clears throat> and so uh, that was agreed upon. And of course, then I got two more lines and, uh, you know, that uh, that started by design. Um, so at the beginning, it was uh, uh, Benito and myself uh, in dealing with uh, Southern California, Arizona, Vegas, and Hawaii. Um, so that was almost ten years ago, and um, you know it's 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 come a it's come a long way. Yeah, well, I love too that it, it it's like you I that you remember down to the day and time, <laughs> like how it all came together, and not even just that, but how quick it is too. Like like the fact that it came together almost over a weekend, like that's incredible to me. Yeah, and uh, it was scary because yeah. of course I. Uh, uh, you know, when you work for a manufacturer, then um, you know it was a it was good pay, and you know exactly how you're going to spend your money. Uh, when you're going to go on your own, you don't know where that pay is going to come from. Right. Um, but you know, though, I I as I said before, I, I pride on uh, being able throughout the time to have built some really strong relationships. I reached out to. A couple of our business partners, uh, dealers, uh, and asked for advice. And uh, till they, uh, till now, they they are still around, giving me advice. Um, and, and so it's worked out. It, it's it's honestly worked out. Uh, I would say like a dream. It's not a job for everybody, but uh, to me, it's it's a perfect perfect yeah. fit no, to a certain. It's awesome. Yeah. We'll get into the whys, but. Um... You know, what What kind of, you know, when you think about what by design stands for and, and what you're doing today, what's, is there sort of any sort of differentiator, you know, for what you do as opposed to other firms that are out there? Or I, you know, it could be, you know, even if it's, you know, one territory versus another, like just something that you guys do differently that you think separates you and sets you apart. I think in our territory, it does. Um, I, I would say that, um, it's challenging. Excuse me. It's challenging to answer that. Uh, but one of the things that that we do, uh, we manage projects, um, meaning that all of the brands that we have uh, create a puzzle, um, and so we manage a project. And uh, our other partners or rep firms around, they they do an amazing job of managing brands. And, and, and so, how is that different? Um, for us, I, as I said, I believe that um, brands definitely matter. Uh, but I think that in many cases, if you have a product that fits uh, or has a little bit more flexibility than others, uh, that will give you know, a, a, a very good chance in custom projects. Uh, and so all the brands that we, well, not all the brands, but most of the brands that we have set has that differentiation um, that we enjoy, that it allows us to be very custom per se. Uh, meaning, for example, if it is a projector, um, most projectors you would have to have center of the screen. Uh, with ours, you could put the projector all the way to the, on the side, you mount it up, with mirrors, you could right. you have a whole lot of flexibility on positioning. Therefore, you have flexibility on design, positioning as well as brightness. Um, so we're always looking for that uniqueness on a brand. Yeah. And I tell you that that was critical for us. I've always liked a differentiator, right? I always yeah. believe that the customers that our dealers um, work for 
yes, they are unique. They want to be different. So how can we, with a brand, help to differentiate them? Right. So that, that to me, it's always been critical. Uh, it allows us to market ourselves, uh, you know, in a certain uh, way that it becomes to a certain degree memorable. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of, I think, gets at what I was going to ask next. And um, I, I think still interesting I th- to hear, it will, will be interesting to hear um, your approach to this, but, you know, when, when you, whether it's you going out looking or a brand approaches you, um, as far as figuring out whether it's a brand that you want to welcome, I mean, you guys got, you mentioned it, an impressive portfolio of brands and they kind of have a, they, they all fit a need within that custom integration space. And, and, you know, you, you can look at it from end to end in any project. And, uh, I love your analogy of a puzzle. It fits perfectly. Um, I, I didn't, no pun intended, <laughs> it fits perfectly into kind of what, what an integrator would want to do in a home. But, um, when, when you're evaluating a brand, is there certain things you look for, uh, to determine whether it's one that you want to add to that portfolio? Oh, definitely. Uh, we, as I said earlier, we're a little bit different. So we are always looking for that. First of all, that brand has to fit that puzzle because of course, later on, hopefully we could get into the business side. But a rep cannot afford to have that many brands that make no sense. Every brand has to be part of a solution. So when you come to one of your business partners, you can give them one solution, not a whole bunch of brands. Um, And the reason for that is, of course, it makes it easier to sell, but also it makes it easier for your sales team to get good at, at, at all the brands. Um, because of course you have to know the why that one brand. So of course, uh, a perfect fit, um, uh, on the brand. Uh, also we're looking for the uniqueness of the brand because, uh, I am extremely proud of our line card. Um, it, you know, it's, it was, it's only been 10, almost 10 years, but the uh, line card that we have, it's for a firm that has been around for a long time, I believe. Um, So a perfect fit, not only on the brand, uh, but also though, the people. Uh, To us, as I said before, it's all about the people. And if we don't work well with the sales manager, uh, then it it doesn't work for us. Um, And because at the end of the day, we like to introduce our sales managers to the dealers because we want that connection. It's so much easier to, you know, ask the manufacturer, hey, uh, Mark has a need for this. Can you help? And the manufacturer knows Mark immediately. They will jump at helping. Um, so we want to make sure that the people could actually connect. Uh, that helps us a great deal. And overall, the brand has to be not just the brand, but it has has to be a package, uh, meaning that the package has is not just the product, it's the product, it's the people, it's the how it fits within the, the, the package that you want to deliver. So we've been able, we've been, as I said earlier, I am extremely proud of the brands that we carry, the line card. Yeah. And uh, we have been able to, we have amazing relationships with every single one of those manufacturers. So we, we've gotten really um, really lucky. No, it's awesome. And I mean, you mentioned it, the, uh, it, it looks like one for a, it, it, crazy to think you've only been around not even a decade, you know, looking at the the names that are on that, that brand page, um, for you guys. And it makes me want to dive deeper, but before we do, I want to kind of go back and, 
Um, for those that have been listening to this point and kind of wondering to themselves, well, what you know, what is a rep firm? You know, like, what what do they do? Uh, for uh, you know, the the listeners out there that might not be aware or understand, I kind of want to go back to the basics of kind of you know what ask by asking you, you know, what is the role of a rep firm today? It's uh, definitely changed over the years, um, yeah. and at a certain point. Um, this is why this is, I believe it's critical for our channel to understand what reps do. And of course, how to utilize the reps uh, more. The job uh, for the rep firm is, is now it's, it's not as simple, but it's supposed to be to qualify dealers, meaning that we have uh, multiple brands, right? Let's say you take one brand. And you have, let's say you have 400 dealers in your territory, that brand you're not going to be able to sell to every integrator. You just, it, it, it's it's not a fit with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, some will sell higher end products. Uh, so that brand may not be a fit or some will have a relationship over the years with other brand. Uh, so that may not be, so they will not be able to support it financially. So that's not a good fit. Anyhow, so the goal is for the rep to, qualify a business partner. Um, now, once you qualify it, onboard them, train them, keep them informed, and get them in, in, and make sure that you get involved with them uh, on projects, uh, especially at the beginning as they are learning the brand to make sure that there is no mistake made. On top of that, of course, we're supposed to go in there and give them marketing materials, uh, make sure that they understand uh, if there's any kind of a, a specials or make sure that if, if there is an issue, the manufacturers, many manufacturers have different departments according to what it is. If it's accounting issue, there is a certain person that you call for accounting, RMAs, uh, production, mm-hmm. uh, sales. So anyhow, the, the dealer deals, the dealer's job is extremely difficult. Uh, I, I believe that they're artists. And the reason for that is because you're taking uh, 50 products, brands that not, unfortunately in our channel, none of the brands want to work cohesively. They all want to have their yeah. own little thing, right? So it seems like they're working against each other. Well, the dealer has to be able to put that puzzle together and make it fit perfectly. Otherwise, if it's if it's off a little bit, you will not be able to control or achieve what the end user wanted. Right. So by, by uh, doing that, uh, which we believe is extremely uh, challenging. Um, uh, we want to make sure that they don't have to learn uh, all those 20 contacts per manufacturer. Just call your rep, whatever right. issue it is, call your rep and it it, it just becomes efficient. Uh, one of the things that um, also is not necessarily perhaps understood, that rep is getting paid whether you use them or not. That rep uh, that's if you're selling the product. Right. But the rep has your best interest at hand. Believe me, because their job is to make sure that you're successful. Because if you don't sell it, they are not eating. Right. Uh, so their right. job is to help the dealers grow. Uh, there is nothing else. It, 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 it's to make sure that their dealers grow. That's a big, uh, I mean, that's, that's an additional employee that the dealers have. The, so I think that uh, that they should be taking advantage of that. Yeah. The um the way I I, I mean we kind of 
I think talked about this too in the past is it, it almost feels like, you know, as a buying group, right. Uh, we're sitting here in between manufacturers and, and dealers and, um, offering a lot of resources to the dealer to go out and do their jobs and perform well. And, um, you know, the dealers join a buying group for certain reasons to get access to product. It almost feels like from, you know, where we sit, like you're, you're doing it just on the opposite end, right? Like you're working with a bunch of vendors and manufacturers out there and getting their resources to, to dealers. It's almost like I, we kind of sit in a similar seat, right? Like helping with education, helping with the materials they need. It's just, you know, from a slightly different angle and obviously territorial based as well. So like a lot of similarities and synergies, I think, between kind of what, you know, but for different purposes, right? So, like between what you're doing and and what a buying group's doing. So, I I mean, maybe for those out there, can you explain the difference? Well, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of a difference there as well, though, because yeah. if you think about it, there's two ways to go to market for manufacturers, right? Uh, one way would be direct, and the other one through independent reps. Now, the challenges of being direct now you have to have the sales force. Their pay is going to be the same pay. Uh, whether you sell or don't sell anything, that person is getting paid. Secondly, that person has one brand to go and knock on dealers' doors. Mm -hmm. So the dealers are busy. If they're busy, they're just busy with jobs. They, they're right. busy. If they're not busy, they're busy out there trying to sell and fill up the pipeline. So, uh, and of course, not only do you have one brand, but if you want the dealer's attention, that brand has to be continuously changing. Right. in order for them to make the time to understand what's new. A independent rep only makes a percentage um, of what is sold. Um, so that's a big factor. Secondly, they have other brands that are, in most cases, critical to their business partners. So uh, if, if, for example, a, a business partner, if he calls you for a screen for a theater, per se, all right, we then talk about cinema tech, then we talk about Barco, then we talk about Stewart, then Pro Audio, then so it's not just one brand, it's the entire package. So because of that, you become to a certain degree, uh, one brand brings the other one in. Um, because of that, when we bring a new brand, hey, by the way, we are I know we're talking about um this brand, but we just started representing this brand, and I think you should look at it because A, B, C, D, and F. Uh, a buying group, your job and my job are almost the same because at the end, at the end of the day, well, your your uh, your outside salespeople, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, you are asking dealers to sell more uh, so they can save more. Right. But at the end of the day, guess who's responsible to achieve those sales? The outside sales right. firms. Yep. Okay. So. Um, wait, you want our goals uh, to be achieved, but when you're doing an event, reps are not there. Right. So no offense on a sales manager, because most of the times they, they have a, a, a big chunk of, of the country, but they're not up to speed with all the projects. So uh, the conversation in most cases will be uh, a, a bit more uh, about Hello, how are you? And a very high level conversation. Yeah. If if the rep was part of that conversation, then now you can talk about projects. Now you become a sales productive meeting. And I think everybody wins at that point. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. We kind of do the same thing. We share. And I think that uh, because of that, if we could all push the same direction with the same agenda, we could actually achieve what manufacturers are asking for. Right. And that's the big deal for the dealers as well. Right. Which, I mean, I... You know, they're all looking to get their product in front of people, right? At the end of the day, so if they had, the more people they have, sort of, you know, out there, um, you know, talking about them and and you know, helping dealers understand the importance of, you know, product A, product B, whatever it might be. Um, you know, it's just more pe- more resources in the field for for that manufacturer. And then at the end of the day, it's the dealer too. You know, they're able to offer, uh, you know, a solution or a package, uh, a full puzzle, if you will. Uh, you know, to their customers in their markets. Um, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, they're winning because they have a customer who's happy that they're able to complete a project for. And, you know, you bring it back to the, the manufacturer, they're happy because their product is in that consumer's home now. So that it's a, it becomes a win-win, right? For for all involved. That, that is correct. Yeah. Um, I think that unfortunately, though, and I appreciate you guys making the time for this because... Yeah. Um, we do need to address as a as an industry. We do need to address uh, the positioning of of uh, independent uh, sales reps. We go way back. Uh, I was pretty involved with iPro uh, back in days when I was at Stewart Film Screen because I do believe, as I said before, I was one individual managing the whole world right. in a whole bunch of vertical markets. I was not a salesperson. Right. My salespeople were my independent reps. Um, and uh, for manufacturers in our channel, I only know one manufacturer that was successful at going direct. Uh, there is not one brand that has been successful going direct right. in our channel that has that that is around. Um, and there's many reasons behind that. As I said before, a rep already works with a, a certain amount of integrators. Uh, as soon as they have the line, they're not going to overnight, you know, start selling a lot. Right. But overnight, all of their reps, oh, excuse me, all of their dealers are going to be aware that that brand exists. Uh, and then they're going to start to do trainings, whether it's on their at their facility or start choosing dealers to go to the dealer that you think it's going to be a fit with. Right. Um, so that is going to, well, first of all, the manufacturer, um, if they go direct, uh, that that will just it, it, it just would probably take a, a lot of time. Yeah, I I mean, lean into the resources that are out there that you know through groups or or firms like By Design that you know are there to to support and um you know get put your sort of your tentacles in areas of the country and and regions where you know if you have reach or not, it's it's just more support out in the field for you and. Um, makes it well how I'm curious you know you're doing the work today um, and you obviously have experience in the past working with firms like you mentioned with when your your time with Stuart in what I'm sure and you even mentioned I think word for word that the role has changed of the rep firm so what was it like you know back then when you were working at Stuart like what was the role of the firm rep firm then and how is it different from kind of what you're out there doing today I think that we knew uh, as I said, that the rep's job was to do on board. Uh, well, first of all, as a manufacturer, you depend on your rep to bring you or make a match with the right uh, business partner. Mm-hmm. That is so critical um, uh, to make that match. That, I think, is being taken for granted now. But So, so you make that match, and then you do the, uh, the onboarding and do, you do the training. Uh, now, we got hit 
with a couple of financial, uh, let's say, recessions, right? Yeah. And so at that point, everybody cut back, whether it is in marketing, whether it is in um, uh, order processing or technical support or training. So uh, that was really never brought back from manufacturers. Also, back in the in the days, um, every integrator to become a dealer, they had to go in uh, with most uh, manufacturers. You had to go away for a three-day training. Right. You had to buy product uh, to do in a, a showroom. And now, at least in Southern California, uh, there is no showrooms any longer. There is, I, I would say there's probably eight in the entire territory, uh, and certainly, and it may be because it's it's freaking expensive, <laughs> right? Um, and, you know, so so that uh, that hurts us. Um, also, there used to be a lot from manufacturers. There used to be a lot of training going on. Not only the CDR regionals, and they were pretty effective. Yeah. Um, but also, let's say the good old days. Sam Runco, he used to have uh, nine trainings, residential trainings. Uh, DPI used to have a whole bunch of training. Sony, uh, Stewart Film Screen had nine. Uh, ISF, uh, Joel Silver was all yeah. over the place. Uh, he had a whole in the army training on ISF. Joe Kane Productions. Joe Kane used to be doing trainings. Uh, all the manufacturers used to do trainings. Right now, there really isn't any. Right. So all that the rep has to lift that um, because. You can't have, and we, you know, you can't have an ignorant uh, business partner, right? Uh, because then there'll be mistakes, and there's mistakes. There is more uh, um, burden on all parties. Um, the rep has to be involved. Uh, the manufacturer has to replace products. The dealer was going to lose time and lose credibility and money. So, um, so I think that all that. Uh, you know, if you don't have a showroom, now the rep has to carry product to go and do a demo. The problem is that if you're doing a demo at an end user's home, as an example, it's not a controlled demo. Right. You you know, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. So uh, you'll do it, but it's not necessarily, most of the times, it's not, uh, not going to end up in a positive Right. Um, I think that it will end up in a sale because the end user gets impressed that you actually took the time to do it Yeah. in many yeah. cases. Uh, but again, though, so if you have it in a showroom, then you could actually control the environment and do it right. Um, but so all that now lays on the, on the rep. Uh, I think, you know, the accounting part, we are very strict to that with our manufacturer. We tell them we're not doing collections for you. We're, we just <laughs> don't do that. Um, and I think that that's because we don't want our business partners to think, oh, this guy is trying to call me to collect. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, we don't want to build that kind of a, well, it a goes, registration. It goes back to the 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 relationship, right? And and kind of, you know, wanting to maintain uh, that strong relationship with, you know, obviously, you know, on the manufacturer side, but the the business partners and dealers that you work with um, have to understand the the importance and the value and, Seeing it, I think too. You mentioned that education. That kind of puts, um, I think, a, a bigger emphasis kind of on the importance of having a strong relationship with your rep firm because they can, 
be the one they become the go-to for that education, right? If it's not out there, you're there to provide it. Um, whether they're coming to you or you're proactively going to them offering, you know, or letting them know about um, educational opportunities that exist, right? That is correct. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, I mean, uh, <clears throat> in many cases, um, a lot of the new dealers, they're not used to perhaps um, the certain amount of education. So our job is to let them know. Yeah. Uh, communication, right? Some dealers like uh, stop emailing me about this. I'm like, uh, no, I can't. I mean, if you want to, I mean, you're not going to hear about to, it from anywhere else. <laughs> and, and and honestly, I don't think it's selfish. Um, it's the fact that if the dealer is educated, they are going to sell more, not only more projects, but higher end projects. And it doesn't have to be high end. It's just to fit what the end user is trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, so it's it's good for them. As I said earlier, everything that we do, and this is not at all uh, a statement that is untrue, everything that we do is with a one purpose, and that's to make integrators more successful. That's the only way that we are going to be successful. Uh, so we may go, uh, we may come across differently, but at the end of the day, all we want is for the integrator to be successful. Uh, so if they somehow understand that, I think that they would make the job of a rep easier. Yeah. Well, I, so the job of the rep, right? I think, um, and we've had this conversation before too, just how there's some misconceptions out there. Uh, you know, it kind of alluded to that at the top, right? Um, so I want to give you kind of the chance. What, what, what are some of the biggest, you know, misconceptions out there that exist? And uh, I kind of want to give you the floor to, to clear them up, if you will. Certainly. I've been, uh, as I said earlier, look, I, I've been, um, sometimes it's frustrating, right? But I've been lucky enough that I was able to build uh, some strong relationship with other reps. Um, you know, uh, the old timers, uh, <laughs> like Dave Thomas, Peter Dryoff. Uh, I'm saying old timers because I've been in business for a long time. Uh, Brett Niederman. And anyhow, throughout the country, I've been blessed to have some really strong um, guidance uh, because it does get frustrating. Um and I think in, in, in our industry, uh, everything, uh, not blaming it on, on Cedia, uh, but I think that they have a, a strong responsibility on this, that everything that you see highlighted, it's going to be manufacturer and dealer. Completely um, avoid this, the, 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 the rep and distribution, and in the middle now, buying groups. Yeah. Um, and I think, look, if you have, you have to make sure that your car has, I mean, hopefully your car has four wheels, <laughs> but all four wheels have tires. Yeah. So the 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 process, it's it's driving the same direction or it's easier to drive your car. Um, so uh, what I'm saying is that um, a lot of uh, newer dealers do not understand, one, as I said earlier, all we want is for them to be successful. Two, they believe that if if we are in part of the equation, that their cost is going to be higher. Right. Uh, they're like, no, 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 I want to be direct. Well, it's my job. The job of the rep is to qualify the dealer. If he believes that it is the right dealer, that dealer application gets approved. If he doesn't believe that he's the right partner, that dealer application is going to get denied. 
Um, so anyhow, a lot of the times, um, I think it, it, uh, uh, dealers just don't understand that, but it's because if there is a lack of education uh, from our channel and or a lack of um, perhaps exposure. Because of that, when you go and knock on a door, uh, there's a lot of dealers that are not necessarily, they, they, you really have to prove yourself in order for them to open up to you. Right. Um, and that's wasted time. Um, if everybody was to understand uh, what, uh, what, what, I guess we want to achieve, I think that there would be a lot easier um, uh, to get that door open. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to give you the chance too. Uh, in the like closing moments here, um, we've talked a lot about it, and I think people listening, you, you kind of there's a lot that you do that is not you know necessarily understood. Uh, so if you had to boil it down and, and to your point about a dealer and you should understand kind of what, what the goal is you have in mind, if you had to boil it down to that sort of one statement, you know, to, to prove to them, you know, sort of where you fit in the equation and why you fit in the equation, um, what, what would you say, or, you know, what would be that statement that you'd give them to, to kind of hopefully get over that, uh, that, that initial conversation and, and get that time back? I, I think that, um, partnership. They have to understand that uh, the manufacturers, manufacturing stuff, the rep is making you aware of everything that uh, that it's going on and will help you. Uh, there's a lot of reps that are extremely smart when it comes to business. So they will, and also they have uh, their relationships with another 400 accounts that do exactly what you do as a dealer. So they learn from other dealers and they could guide the dealer. As I said before, all we want is we want to help that dealer become a solid business uh, person so we could get the benefits from that as well. So um, I think partnership, a good business partner uh, is what you should be thinking of your independent rep every time that you uh, see him come by. No, that's um, that's awesome, and I I mean you are essentially the eyes and ears to over a dozen different brands for for that dealer. So you want to talk about I know, uh, kind of bring in a full circle. You talk about saving time. Um, yeah, that that's you're not having to go off to talk to one individual person who's there representing one brand. You're talking to an entire package, um, while while you're in their stores. So not only you know education, of course, but saving them time by giving them access to that entire line court card while that you're there in their location um, or and I would say the, the entire solution for you. I mean, because if you're talking about power, you're talking about lighting, yeah. you're talking about uh, all throughout the home entertainment, whether it is video, audio. Um, so we have a complete package and most, most reps will. So we could save the dealers a ton of time. They could become so much more efficient if they get the rep involved, um, and 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 again, uh, keeping in mind as I said, and I said it again, um, we just want you to We just want the dealers to be successful. Uh, I love so, it. yeah, no, oh, it's awesome, man. Uh, fun conversation, and um, one that I knew we wouldn't have any any problems filling up some time. So I, I appreciate you taking the time um, and kind of shedding the light because I, you know, it's it's one that to your point, it doesn't get talked about enough and. Um, well, certainly happy to, you know, at least initiate the conversation, right? And and start it moving in the right direction. And I tell you, we kind of, as an industry, we need to do something about it because there is a lot of territories that our reps got older and they retire and there's no one coming behind it. Because of course, 
perhaps it is time to adjust the pay in, in, uh, pay infrastructure. Right. Um, you know, there is there's a lot of manufacturers that are going to be hurting if we run out of wraps. Um, there's no there's not that many territories where there is young rep firms coming. Uh, so if it's coming to an end, manufacturers have to do their their own sales in certain territories that keeps them. That's just not overall. It's, it's it's not beneficial for the industry. No, I, important point for sure. So starting to have these conversations now. Hopefully, uh, you know problems that can be avoided down the road. But um, you know, only one of many. We'll be talking again for sure. I feel so. <laughs> something tells me that might be happening. So, uh, Joaquin, <laughs> I appreciate it, man. This was a lot of fun uh, diving in this to into this with you. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm sure we'll be doing it again. Well, thank you for making the time, my friend. I appreciate you, Ralph. Absolutely. Awesome. And thanks again to Joaquin. Uh, just a great guy. You know, like we said at the top, um, uh, an awesome opportunity to reconnect with people in this industry that, uh, you know, I go back a, a bit with. So uh, excited to be able to do that in the form of a podcast. And like we said, you know, kick off hopefully some important conversations around the role of reps and, um, you know, shake some of those misconceptions for him. Because, you know, at the end of the day, this the, the, the famous quote within this space is that the high tide rises all ships. And that is certainly the case when it comes to rep firms and the work they do on behalf of, you know, custom integrators and, and dealers out there. So uh, appreciate him taking that time and diving into this conversation with us. And as always, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.